welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are going to continue in our study of Deuteronomy, looking specifically at chapter 30. We're going to explore kind of Moses' final plea to his people, his loving example that he gives of faithfulness throughout his entire ministry as he's led the people of Israel. And we're going to talk and explore a little bit about the challenges of not only knowing God's word, but applying it to our lives. And so we hope that this is something that you can take with you, apply yourself, and continue to grow in your faith. Now we're going to continue on in our conversation of Deuteronomy. Baptisms are right around the corner. If you are interested in taking your next step in your faith journey by being baptized, then we invite you to join us for one of our baptism orientation classes. These are taking place on August 28th at 9 a.m. and September 4th at 11 a.m. You can register for one of these classes on the Tree Church app. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tree Church Podcast Bible Study. We are so glad that you've joined us today. It's always wonderful to hear good stories and feedback about how this Bible study is impacting you. If by chance you don't know who I am, my name is Brandon Leitniker, and I'm the Director of Discipleship here at the Tree. And I'm joined by two dear friends of mine and fellow pastors, Pastor Phil. Welcome, everyone. Glad to be here. And Pastor Michael. Yep, thanks for having me, man. And Pastor Michael, you are the creative pastor here at the church, is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know if you recall this moment, but one time you were teaching a message, and uh, you introduced yourself as the creative pastor, and sure. the crowd just responded in like this well, unusual way. Do you sure. remember that? Well, my job title's changed so many times. <laughs> I actually introduced myself as the experience pastor. Oh, that's what it was. So yes, at the yes, time, yes. our creative department was called our experience team. You know, it was just more like just our holistic experience, like Sunday morning experience, Wednesday night experiences if we do a chapel. Um, all that good stuff. So I said, uh, yeah, it's like, hi, I'm the experienced pastor. And like a bunch <laughs> of people laughed. And I was like, yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, what was it? <laughs> that they would let me do that. <laughs> I think someone told me that they thought I said the experienced pastor. Right, like the most like experienced. Like I'm the most yeah. senior yeah, experienced. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, sure. still hurt, it still hurt. Which wouldn't be beyond. <laughs> it still hurt my feelings either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was just funny. But today we're going to start off with some just quick kind of getting to know you questions. You know me, I love, love a little it. creative getting to know you stuff. And we're going to do... An activity called this or that so I'm going to ask you to compare two different things and then choose the thing that you would choose of those two things right. and you cannot select them both so just so you okay. know if All you're right. in that ballpark you cannot do that all right okay so let's start with Phil pancakes or waffles oh waffles waffles what about you I feel like there are other things you got to account for you know what I mean? Do you I have can't do this. It's one or the other. <laughs> Choose Here one. You go. Do I have a glass one. of milk? You if already I failed the first one. Waffle. Waffles. <laughs> <laughs> waffles. Go waffles. Hot weather or cold weather? Cold. Cold. Ah, you were awful. You'd say hot weather? Yes, Why? by far, no, because no. it's wonderful. Because being cold You strike is, me no. as a cold weather kind of guy. Nah. You seem like somebody who's up in the mountains in the snow, nah. just like wearing a lot of flannels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wore a corduroy shirt, and it's July. You're gonna tell me because this building is freezing. <laughs> yeah. that's well, why. That's so you can get warmer, but I don't think you can get cooler. That's right. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. Right. Tough. I mean, you can try with a fan, but it's just, you know, what you can try. You can try. Hot weather all the way. Anyways, Ooh. foresee the future or change the past? Oh. Yeah, I I don't really like either of those, honestly. Probably the future. Okay. I feel like if I could foresee the future, I would ruin the world. You know what I mean? Like I'd change the thing you're not supposed to change. Try to manipulate it somehow for sure. But if I could for the past, (laughs) I don't know. I'd probably like. It's bad either way. I'd I'd foresee the future. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Knowing your eight personality, I feel like you just like wrestle with both of those. I know they'd both be terrible. You're not not telling us your answers. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. Yes. we know it's hot weather. 
It was a trash opinion. Change the past for sure. Change the past. Yeah, I got a lot of stupid mistakes. So I need to change those. Yeah, that's a pet peeve that I have. People are like, I have no regrets. It's like, what a dumb thing to say. <laughs> Everyone has like, there's yeah, like but the one thing you learn from. Like for me, like I wouldn't change yeah. much of my past because it's kind of made me who I am. Even yeah. my stupidity. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there are like, like would there it be at least to like ten things I can think of where it's like that had no benefit. That was just that was <laughs> like just stone cold stupidity. Mod, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for sure. I'm to that. Yeah. yeah, iced coffee or hot coffee? Hot, hot, hot coffee. For cold sure. all the way. Scary movies or comedy movies? You're a mess. Scary movies. Comedy. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about you? Nah, scary. Believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know what genre I despise the most? Rom coms. Really? Yes. Dude, I have such an affinity for rom-coms. Ah, I think I've seen all of them. So bad. I've seen every one. Pastor Skip loves them. And Does he really? Yeah, I like yeah, anything he's with, anything with comedy in it. Um, underrated uh, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Oh, Best yeah. one-two punch yeah. of all time. Some of the greatest <laughs> movies ever made. Yeah. Nice. Uh, crunchy peanut butter or creamy peanut butter? Oh, creamy. Creamy all the way. Okay. I agree. You? I'm going to disagree with you guys a lot <laughs> in this <laughs> one. <laughs> um, tent or camper? Tent. Camper. Nice. Okay. What about you? Your tent. Tent. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. by far. I actually need. Uh, we'll talk about it later. I, I to, see the benefit of both. I have to borrow your tent next weekend if I can. <laughs> 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 right now, you, you Sorry, told me that right this now. This is not the time, but actually, <laughs> <laughs> I have it on my list to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will make a note of that. All right. Thank you. Um, I see the benefit in both. I think if you are going to camp and it be like an enjoyable experience, you know, all around, and you want to be comfortable, by far go the camper route. Yeah. If you're wanting to go, kind of be a little bit adventurous yeah. and make the most of it, tent is is the real deal. Yeah, I think they're yeah. both cool in their yeah. own. I'm going to ask sure. you guys the same question in 15 years. You're both going to say camper. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, all I need yeah, to say. Yeah. I would have said tent at one point in my life. Yeah, I, I saw. I went camping last weekend, and I slept in my Jeep, and I saw some campers that were pretty legit. And I was like, I see the benefit of doing that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, carpet or wooden floors? Wood floors. Wood floors. Well, yeah. it's your generation to put carpet over it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah, yeah I think floors. that today about shiplap. I think my kids would be like, Why do we put shiplap? <laughs> They're gonna be ripping it all over everything. <laughs> Why did they cover that? Up? Yeah, but wallpaper's coming back in, so that'll yeah, be wallpaper's oof. coming back. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Cupcake or donut? Cupcake. Oh, donut. Yeah, I hate donuts, so cupcakes really? it is. Yeah. Do you cupcake. hate all donuts or like what about like a like a hot Krispy Kreme donut? Mm -hmm. I was just having this conversation yesterday. Mm -hmm. Not for you? Nah, it's Great. not my preference. It's hard to hard to pass up a hot Krispy Kreme. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they are good. Uh sushi or ramen? Oh ramen. Ramen. I'm gonna go sushi. I eat fake sushi. I eat like California yeah, rolls yeah. and like yeah. I don't eat yeah, I can't do I don't raw like fish. fish very much. Yeah. Sure. I get that. Shopping in store or online? In store. In store. I, I I so miss like Blockbuster. I was just I was oh, also just talking about this. We were recently. just talking about this. Too. Yeah, like the idea of like walking into a place and just having the time to actually get your hands on stuff and look at it. Yeah, that so was nice, like a fun man. Friday night when I was a kid. Like you, it's look a part of it. going and yeah. everybody's in there looking at. You're yeah. trying to get to the the new releases first. Yeah, before they run out. That, that was like a whole part of the the thing. And yeah, it's just like endlessly scrolling on Amazon. Be like, all right, well, what are we gonna? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I shared this on the last podcast, but we're one of the ones that we did, and uh, it was I hate just like window shopping. You really? know, the thought of just going in and just looking around like. Do you guys enjoy doing things it. like that? Do you? <laughs> I eat it yeah, I, like I can go and look, do look around. Gina, Gina, my wife, Gina, calls it end cap shopping. <coughs> okay. Well, she'll want to go. I didn't even know that was a thing until like a week ago where you walk through like Target or wherever. Her favorite spot's Target, but apparently all the stuff on the end caps of aisles is usually on sale. So she won't even gotcha. go to the aisles. She just wants to look at the end caps and see what okay. the deals are. Yeah. Savvy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, history or science fiction? Science fiction. Oh, dude, that's a really that's hard a one. That's a tough one for you. Yeah. I really genuinely love, I love both. both. If I had to, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say history, just for like, probably 
probably like a better wisdom choice. Sure. But yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd really yeah. do science fiction. Though, science fiction though. Yeah, I like history for sure, uh, but both probably equally. Stuff crust or normal crust pizza? I'll stuff it all in there. <laughs> all the goodness. <laughs> oh, Get everything in there, man. <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny? Like I worked at my first job. My first like t- taxable job was at Pizza Hut. And I know how they make stuffed crust pizza. Yeah. So it's just hand tossed with like string, like a string cheese stick in there. That's it. So I know that that's like gross, but I still love still it. Love something it. about it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Although I will say the actual pizza itself has gone down. The quality yeah. of it has gone down. The crust it. is still good, but the quality of the pizza in general Had, crust is. Are we talking about Pizza Hut? In yeah. 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 It hasn't everything though. You know. Uh, well. Wow. <laughs> so dark. <laughs> and finally, board games or card games. Board games. Yeah. I think for me, it depends I on the company. Them. If I'm hanging out with Phil or, or I want to play board, if I'm hanging out with people who like board games, yeah, sure. nothing is more fun than board games. But if I'm like hanging out with like, like Kenny or he's not going to play, he's not going to play a board game with me. I'm down for play yeah. Euchre or something like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Both of you guys are real big board game guys. Yeah. And so do Love you it. have a preference? Like what is your go-to board game when you do Man. want to go to something? I know you have like, a bunch. So. Yeah, well, he, it filled us too. Yeah, filled probably more than me. Well. Mine's been the same. If I, my favorite game hasn't changed in like five years. It's called Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yeah, I played it with you. Yes, yes. Really good game. Super nerdy. You basically <laughs> build the board as you go. So you start in like the the atrium of a haunted mm-hmm. house, and there's an attic and a basement. And you, as you play the game, the board game grows. Oh, You're all on a team, and then one one person betrays everybody. Yeah. Incredible. A lot yeah. of fun. I would not recommend it from like, you know, I'm not going to officially recommend that game. <laughs> play with your family or yeah, 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 <laughs> your yeah. kiddos. Yeah, yeah. Don't play with your kids. Yeah. It's a really good game. A little scary. What about you, Phil? Yeah. We we like, um, <clears throat> believe it or not, a Harry Potter game, which kind of is the same thing you're playing as a team mm-hmm. and trying to defeat the bad guys mm-hmm. as a team. Sure. So I'm a Christian, um, so I don't know anything about I Harry know. Potter. You know, who is that? We'll just pretend like <laughs> I didn't say the name of it, but games <laughs> where you work as a team to defeat the bad guys. Love it. Um, we like that. And then for card games, kind of both. Uh, we like um, Unstable Unicorns. Have you played that? No. I think not. you played that. <laughs> yeah, I have played at it. At my yeah. house once. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's a card game. It's kind of a thinking game. You have to do what's on the cards. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of role play stuff in there. It's actually a lot of fun. That's nice. Nice. Uh, I'm kind of an old soul. I like a classic Sorry or Uno. Nice. Like those are kind of my go-to. Oh, Uno's great. Yeah. And then uh, I love the game of Rummy. I love playing Rummy with my family. What kind of person are you if you get that like wild draw four card? Do you like revel in it or does it give you anxiety? You're like, oh, I have to. No, I ho- I'm a holder. I hold on to it. So sure. I just gave you well, my tactic. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, just goes to the end. So it's the last card they lay. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Rummy you know. Cube. Have you played Rummy Cube? No, with but. Ton of I have. We played that a lot. Yeah. So let's kind of dive in a little bit to some of your guys' biggest takeaways from Deuteronomy because we're starting to kind of trail towards the end of our study here. We've been in it for a couple months now, and I'm interested to hear what you guys personally have kind of gleaned from it and how you're starting to kind of apply those things because I know that any time that we start to study, you know, you prepare for Mm -hmm. a message, you're preparing for teaching the children, it seems like God always has a message that he wants to teach us through those things as well. So let's start with Phil. Phil, what are you kind of learning throughout your studies in Deuteronomy? I think uh, just the fact that it just keeps reminding me of God's faithfulness to his people Mm -hmm. and that um, he's going to stick with us through the end and he knows he knows our awfulness and he loves us anyway. Mm -hmm. And he he is still just that perfect parent where he guides us and he and he disciplines us. us, But it always comes back to his love for us. Mm -hmm. And I just have seen that repeated in every single passage. So for sure, for sure. Yeah, for me specifically in Deuteronomy, I think it's really fascinating to look at 
not only what Moses was saying, but why. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, I'm the kind of person when I learn something, I'm realizing even through Deuteronomy, this is a book that I've read a lot of times, but it's usually the one that I read rather quickly. Yeah. Cause it's like, <laughs> you know, like I've read Leviticus, like I, it's a lot of it. So, you know, but, but something I usually kind of breeze through because you get the point, you know, Moses is angry, he's grumpy. And, uh, but for me, what's helped, helped me retain it and even understand the principles and values with another level of depth is to kind of understand the urgency of why Moses is saying what sure, he is, yeah. why it's important. And then in that same light, why is it important for us today? And that's helped me not just like labor through it, but actually more enjoy and dive into like, what is, what is the purpose behind this stuff? What is Moses's heart? Why is this mm-hmm. a value point? Really one of the last things he would say in his lifetime. Yeah, and that's a great lead into what we're going to be talking about today, because this is one of the last times that we're really going to see Moses's influence mm-hmm. and his hope really for the people of God. And so today we're going to explore Deuteronomy chapter 30, and it really is his leadership coming to a close. The yeah. next chapter we get an introduction to Joshua and the handing off of that baton uh, to him, you know, and to yeah. taking them into the promised land. If you guys remember back, we Moses is not able to go into the promised land, so this really is his last plea for the yeah. people to like, this is it, guys. This is what I, I want to accomplish in you, and we can talk a little bit more about that later. <coughs> the big focus up to this point has just been laying the foundation of how do we relate to God how do the people relate to God once they get in the promised land and in the future and how they are going to relate to others and I think today just as another example of how well we see God knows his people uh, we'll get a glimpse even starting in verse one of this chapter of something God knows they're going to do in the future and so he's warning them through the, the words of Moses and I think it's so powerful that God knows his people so right. well, and he knows their hearts, and he, he really speaks to whether good or bad, where they are in their relationship with him. And so today we'll catch a glimpse of that reality, even of the promises that he's going to speak mm-hmm. to them. So let's kind of set that context here in verse 1, and then we'll kind of process this, process it out a little bit. So here's what it says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. And when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before you. And you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you. So there might be a little bit of mystery behind that as we're reading that, because it's kind of jumping ahead to a future incident that's going to happen for them. And what God is doing is he's foretelling a time when his people, because of their disobedience, are experiencing Mm -hmm. that curse that he's always kind of promised them. And, And they find themselves in a very sad state. So rather than living in the promise of God rather than living as this like unified powerful force that God wants to accomplish these amazing things through they're actually scattered and dispersed throughout all these different nations and they're under the rule of other nations and Moses is communicating to them that when you find yourself here like it's going to happen God is foretelling that it's going to happen he says remember remember the promise of the blessing and the curse that I've given you and I think that is so key to fix on as we're kind of jumping into this chapter to think about that God has now told them a potential of what could Mm -hmm. happen to them in in the future. So when, why is it being dispersed elsewhere among all the nations and, and, and being in that such a devastating reality, why is that such a negative thing, even as potentially they're getting ready to go into the promised land? What about for you, Michael? Yeah. Um, First of all, I think it's really easy to read a verse like that or to read any verse in the Bible Mm -hmm. and forget the fact that this is a super long time ago. They don't have the same cultural context. Mm -hmm. So for me, if my family is dispersed, I can call them. 
where I can look at them on social media and see mm-hmm. pictures of their kids. Like the reality is one of the harshest punishments or consequences of your actions at the time would be disbursement right. to be separated from the people you love and mm-hmm. you care about. Um, and it's w- w- between language barriers, between being alone, between being um, a, p- a potential, uh, you know, where, where potential threats are going to be way more, you know, um, it'd be way easier for them to come overtake you without, you know, having the protection of being in the masses. So for me right now, I feel like, well, if I'm just a, a far from people I love, that's not that big. It's not convenient. Nobody wants to be far mm-hmm. from those that you love. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like this punishment. So the idea of when they're finally about to arrive in the promised land, they're finally about to land the plane of this giant journey where they were not faithful, they're going to be faithful, and to be dispersed is this ultimate heartbreak because they don't get to have the protection of each other, the care for each other, and the cultural context mm-hmm. of each other. They're going to be left with, with foreigners. They're going to be left in, to be overtaken um, and to be that close to the finish line and to have Moses promise that would probably be devastating. Absolutely. Phil, yeah. do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think anytime you come through something where you feel like you see the end, you see the light, mm-hmm. and then something happens and changes that light, it's mm-hmm. devastating. Yeah. Especially when it's something you did too. Yeah, because they, they can see the end, and then all of a sudden they go, whoa, okay, we're, we're backing up or take a different step. Yeah. I remember when I was a teenager and being grounded, and I remember I was grounded for a month, <laughs> and I couldn't hang out with my friends, and you know, I had to stay home, and it, it was it was almost over. There was like a week left, and my mom said, okay, grounding's over next week, but we're going, we were going somewhere to aunt somebody or somebody for a week to help them move and pack it. stuff. So for me, it was like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, I'm not going to be able to see my friends. I'm not going to be able to, this wasn't cell phone time, you know? So it was still, <laughs> yeah. it was still separation for mm-hmm. me at that point. And I just remember being so devastated. Like, are you kidding me? I almost made it. And now, you know, some, so I just, I can just imagine in their humanness, they were going, what in the world? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was processing through with a friend of mine yesterday, the idea of parenting. And I was just grilling him with some questions, just trying to figure out how to navigate some situations that we're dealing with with parenting right now. And one of the things that he mentioned was giving clarity to not only what disobedience looks like, but also the consequences of it, mm-hmm. making sure that that's clear for your kiddos so that when a consequence does occur, that there's weight to it. And so when they go to make a decision, you know, in the future, they're going to remember that consequence. Yeah. They're going to remember the potential yeah, that of that warning. and that yeah. warning. Yeah. And I think that that's so powerful because that's exactly what God is doing. Like you're right. going to be disobedient. But here's this warning, like this is what's going to happen. You're going to be dispersed. You're not going to get to experience the blessing of family and yeah. community and what all comes with that. And I think that's that's super powerful. And the fact that he tells them that is so loving to begin with. Yeah. Why do you think he shares with them this future state? And what is the value of for them of remembering it in the future? Yeah, I think it's just what you just said. I think God yeah. always looks at us and wants us to feel hope. Yeah, I, I think I can feel that throughout my life. Like mm-hmm. when I when I go to the scriptures and I read, even in my own situations and my own sin and the things that I've caused in my life, and I go and I read and I'm like, God wants me to see the hope and coming back to him. God right. wants me to see the hope in you know reconciliation and all those things so uh, for me i just look at it and i go he he wants he he loves us that much he loves mm-hmm. his kids that much he's like i want to give you hope i want to mm-hmm. show you that that there is a better way and there is something to look forward to for if sure. we do this yeah. yeah and i think in that moment too it's it's good to be mindful of the fact that he promised uh blessing and curse right so when you're in the middle of that curse when you know that wow the consequences of my actions have put me in the thick of it like yeah. i am i am alone i'm separated i'm vulnerable I'm hurting. I'm think about why you did this. Yep, exactly. About, you know, exactly. And that's what and, you chose. And that in itself is a powerful principle. There's power absolutely. in just sitting in the consequences of your actions. Yeah, Sometimes absolutely. that's super important. Yeah. Um, but to also be mindful of the fact that there's blessing with that as well. That that's not God's desire for anybody. Is to just you know um, to not be able to experience that blessing at the same time. So when it, as as devastating as the, as the curse of their own consequences may feel, to be mindful of the fact that hey, this was promised, but also the blessing was promised as well. So I can look, I can look to that, you know, just as much. Absolutely, and that's what he goes into in the following verses. It's not simply just 
here's the thought you know just sit in that but i'm going to show you a way out yeah, of that here's and, and here's what it looks like so good. for that so let's go into those verses this is verses two through five and return to the lord your god you and your children and obey his voice in all that i command you today with all your heart and with all your soul then the lord your god will restore your fortunes and make mercy and have mercy on you and he will gather you again from all the peoples where the lord your god has scattered you if, you're out, if you are outcast in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there the Lord God will gather you, and from there he will, make, he will take you. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it. And he will, ta- he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. And the Lord your God <coughs> will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. And the Lord your God will put all these curses on your foes and enemies who persecuted you. And you shall again obey the voice of the Lord and keep all the commandments that I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your womb, in the fruit of your cattle, and in the fruit of your ground. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers. When you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes that are written in the book of the law, when you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And what we see here is God's people have been told that there will come a day that they will no longer be a nation thriving under the blessing of God. But the reject, this is a direct result of their choices, clearly, as we've talked about Yet in these verses that we hear about, God introduces this idea of repentance, this idea of being able to come back and be restored once again. And the language is so thick in here, like it's so deep and just entrenched in the idea that God wants to bring them prosperity in, in their lives. And his covenant that he's establishing with them now holds true in that time as well, that he's going to rescue them, he's going to redeem them, he's going to restore them, right. and, and but it's going to take them genuinely repenting and coming back. And so this gives us kind of a perfect example, a vivid picture of what true repentance looks like. For, so when you guys think of repentance, or even the example that we're given here, what, is these, what do these verses communicate that yeah. true repentance genuinely looks like? You know, for me, I think things generally mean less when you're just doing them for an outcome. Mm. So if my wife were to come to me and say, hey, I feel like you're slacking. Like, I don't feel loved by you right now. Mm -hmm. And if I were to say, like, well, give me, like, five things. And she's like, well, I would like flowers. I'd like you to do the dishes, all this stuff. And if I did the five things, I'd just like, okay, great. Do you feel loved now? She'd be like, an easy answer. She'd be like, well, no, you just just did it because I asked you to do it. Like, you did it to fix a problem, not because it's an abundance of your heart. Things are less meaningful when you're just like problem solving and trying to get an outcome, right? If anything, you could there's a case to be made that that's just a version of manipulation. That very last part of this passage, I think, is like the real key to it. When you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, you're mm-hmm. not just talking about trying to get the benefit of actions at that point. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about doing something with all your heart and all your soul, that means waking up and thinking about my wife. How can I love her well today? Mm-hmm. And trying to, you know, do that with excellence and do it with, you know, in, in whatever ways that I know how to express with the with the abilities and and, and whatever I have, right? And I think in a relationship with God is so similar, specifically in repentance. If I'm just like, well, I do want the promised land. I want to go to heaven, so God forgive me. Check, did it. You mm-hmm. know, that's just religion. That's just legalism. You know what I mean? The idea of task doing. I just talked about it uh, recently on Sunday morning, where it's just it's just mostly task doing. This concept of like. 
if I can just do X, Y, Z, then I'll be in right standing with God. The reality is actually with all of your heart and with all of your soul pursuing God and having repentance come from that genuine place, mm-hmm. um, that's a completely di- that's true repentance mm-hmm. versus just like a, a version of it that's just you know trying to means to an end. Yeah, just doing a checkoff list. I, I think when you – I remember my mom always saying one thing that I always hated to hear is I don't disappoint me or I'm disappointed in you or that's so disappointing. Mm-hmm. That, um, I just remember that feeling – it felt different when you realize what I did wrong hurt somebody else. Yeah. And so for, for me, when you when you really get to a place where you're loving God with all your heart and all your soul and it's not the checkoff list, like Michael said, it, it hurts when you realize you've hurt God, yeah. you know, yeah. to me. Yeah. And so I've been able to get in that place where I go, I don't want to hurt mm-hmm. the one that created me, the one that loves me the most. And so just just knowing, uh, not wanting to disappoint, I, I think, and, and going, that that's really hurts who I am deeply mm-hmm. in my soul. Yeah. And yes. Phil, Phil, when you found yourself in one of those seasons where it, it could have been in the past or whatever, where you have been disobedient and you've disobeyed God and you, you feel the weight of that, how do you help yourself come out of that, those situations? Uh, and how do you, what is the value of remembering God and remembering his promises for you? Have they, how has that helped you in that those seasons? Yeah, I can, I can remember a lot of times when I just walked away from God. I just wasn't living for him anymore. Um, I wasn't making the right choices in my life. and, and um, But I always remember saying I could always remember that he's there. Mm-hmm. And that, that I could always feel just in gentle things. Like I could see, like he would remind me of things. like Or he would put people in my life to, to mention things. And I'd go, oh, I remember that when, when how that felt when he did that for me. Mm-hmm. Or I remember how it felt when I was living for him and, and, mm-hmm. and I didn't have this guilt and this shame. And so I've always felt that blessing of feeling like God still walked with me. Mm-hmm. And I think he does. I mean, I, I don't think yeah. that was just me. I think that's what he does for us. You know, he doesn't leave us. We leave right. him. Mm-hmm. And so just knowing and sensing that he was still with me and, and feeling those reminders. And so just reminding myself of that when I would recognize it going, yeah, he's still there and he mm-hmm. still loves me. And this is me walking away and, and just slowly, even as I remember coming back to him and deciding to live a life for him again, I, I remember those little steps of, ah, oh, there he is, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can lose sight of that very quickly. I think when, whether it's we fall into the guilt side of things, of the disobedience and the choices that we made, or even the anger side, like we've seen that so often, whether it's in our own lives or just in the church, you know, where people fall on either one side, they fall into such a deep isolation mode, or they fall into the mode of just anger f- with God for the yeah. things that he's brought into my life. But mm-hmm. I think remembering the goodness of God, and, and even going back to what you were saying earlier, Michael, the idea of like delighting in God and the joy that yeah. comes in that relationship is such a draw to come back to God again. So uh, what does repentance look like for you kind of in your life? Michael, you kind of hinted at it a little bit with the story of of your wife clearly and what that would look like, but can you give us another example of your relationship with God? Yeah, so the the story of like repentance for me usually starts with guilt, um, which I think is a word that people usually shy away from because it's so negative in nature. Like nobody nobody wants to feel guilt, and and a lot of times guilt is pretty useless, but oftentimes guilt leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. Like, man, I did something dumb, I did something wrong, I communicated in a way that was disrespectful. I didn't, you know, hit a deadline in time. But you fill in the blank with whatever it is in your life that make you feel guilty. Um, usually that's the first step in repentance is through my own, like, selfish yeah, nature. Yeah, I think, yeah. like, wow, I feel bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it's not just all about exclusively how I feel. Sometimes it's as simple as seeing the way my actions made other people feel. That's enough for me to think, like, man, that's not – I feel bad about that. Um, and then for me, that guilt to be productive – should always lead to, to an action step. Mm-hmm. And that's usually like the act of repentance where it's, um, I need to fix what's right in the here and now and then fix what's right eternally, what it, fix the problem eternally. So mm-hmm. um, if I hurt somebody, if I was disrespectful to somebody, 
Um, you know, I, I was actually just talking with somebody recently where I just kind of have a rule that I never want to joke with somebody about like a serious thing. If I'm actually upset with you about something, I don't want to crack jokes about it. I'll have a conversation with you. And I broke that rule. There's something that someone did and it just kind of mm-hmm. like was bumming me out and I cracked a joke about it and I pulled him aside later. I just felt terrible. I pulled him aside later. And I just apologized to him. And that's never fun. Like mm-hmm. that, that to admit that like, yep, I could try to excuse it. I could talk about how it's cause I was tired or because I was busy or I could just say that wasn't acceptable and I'm mm-hmm. sorry. So that's that action step. And then, the, you know, the extension of that action step is to offer it up to God as well um, mm-hmm. and to ask him to fill that space and say, God, you know, you know, I'm coming I'm coming in humility to show you my brokenness that you already know of. But I want to acknowledge it, too, with you. Will you forgive me? Will you fill that gap? And then I think the trick of it where people get lost, especially with a word like guilt, is what they might feel after that is continued feelings of guilt and shame, right, which at yeah. that point has no function. Right, right. Once you have reconciled the, what, everything you can do to reconcile, once mm-hmm. you have done everything you can to say, you know, I, I made it right here, I made it right with God, yet I still feel, it's not really guilt anymore, it's just shame. There's no function. There's nothing that can pull you closer to God. It's exclusively tools of the enemy to keep us oppressed and to keep sure, us, yeah. you know, in, in a place of, of dysfunction. And so that is honestly that next part of repentance, too. It's actually like allowing myself to reap the, reap the benefits of repentance. And yeah. that can be hard sometimes because yeah. we feel like, we should feel bad. Yeah, right. we still feel we dirty. We should feel. We still yeah. feel dirty. We should feel terrible. But all all we're doing is like showing how. And, and sometimes that feels humble and very noble of us. Like, oh, like <laughs> like I deserve this. I I, and deserve it feels noble. Right. Woe like, is me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. really, what it is is disrespectful to God. It's saying like, God, you're just not big enough. Right. Like I I love right. you. I'm glad you're just not big enough. You're not big enough to handle whatever I did. Um, and I, in my experience, that's not the case. Yeah, um, and I think Apostle Paul puts it so well. I think there's a scripture in Corinthians where he talks about the difference between worldly sorrow and a godly sorrow. And he says, worldly sorrow leads to death. And yeah. I think that's so true in our lives. If we stay in that repetitive motion of, I'm not going to live in this, what God is offering us here, this prosperity, yeah. this this new life that he's giving us, this redemption opportunity, but then you can also, it's fueled by initially that god, godly sorrow, that yeah. thought of that, man, this behavior is rotten. Right. You know, it's yeah. leading me to a place that is awful. It's leading me in a curse. You know, it's leading yeah. me away from God. And so there is that drawback to return to God once once again, for sure, you know, in all of our lives. And I, I think moving into these next couple of scriptures, um, it's so amazing because God starts to make it clear for them what this relationship looks like and what he's going to command for them. And it's not a mystery to them. And we'll talk here a little bit more about that here in a second. This is verses 11 through 14. For this commandment that I command you today is not hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will send to heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. And at the end of chapter 29, there's this passage that we talked about last week, that there is a portion of God that is a mystery. There are things that he has that are secrets. But the promises that he gives us are not that, you know, they're very clear. They're very spelled out for us. And I think this is so loving of God to give us a full understanding of what a relationship with him looks like. And then he's been doing it. I mean, Moses has been doing it over and over and over again throughout this entire book, just Mm -hmm. layering these truths and what it looks like to be in a relationship with God. 
Uh, and so he's been speaking, and, and, and there's such value in us speaking it to ourselves and hearing it over again. He talks about repetitively reading it in certain portions. You know, they have traditions and stuff that they would have, holidays and stuff that they would repeat the scriptures so that it was very clear yeah. that all of these things, the word of God was very accessible to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so powerful. And, and so that's something that for us is even more true today, right? right? Yeah, I mean, the certainly. accessibility that we have to all these resources and just because accessible, though, the challenge comes then in living it out. I think there is, it's sometimes just not enough to know the scriptures, but it's, there's there's power and also trying to figure out, sort through, how do I live this out? What does this look like? Yeah. And so w- what is so amazing about God giving us his word and showing us how to understand and live it out? What's what's so powerful yeah. about that? Well, without it, that ex- without that accessibility that you're talking about, mm-hmm. God becomes very much not magnanimous mm-hmm. and benevolent and it becomes very cruel mm-hmm. it's just like I, I saw like a funny joke where it, like it's it's a funny joke but it's funny because it also is ridiculous like the <laughs> idea that like the the irs knows exactly how much you owe them like oh are you gonna tell me and they're like no you got to figure it out and like what if i'm wrong and like you go to jail <laughs> no you know what yeah, i mean like they yeah, know absolutely the idea of someone knowing the right thing to do and then not telling you and then punishing you if you do it wrong yeah, is not yeah. is the farthest thing from like loving or caring mm-hmm. or or generosity. I use the word magnanimous. What that means is someone who's in such a place of power, but uses that place of power to love and to lift other people up and mm-hmm. to bless them and versus oppress them and, and, and hold them down. Without God giving us his word, and, and at, that, at their time, prophets and Moses, and what we know now is like the living, breathing word of God. Without those things, he becomes a very distant, far off, like, this is going to be like a really aggressive example, but it's one that I oftentimes think of. Um, it's like a kid with a magnifying glass, just like, you know, take, taking out <laughs> ants. It's like someone with, for no real reason, just yeah. like being vengeful. And we serve a God of justice. Mm-hmm. And for God to ha- be a God of true justice, he has to give us an opportunity to be in right standing with mm-hmm. him. And that's, that's where good. he is so loving and so generous where instead of just, you know, smiting us for being terrible, he's given us literally a very specific roadmap of how yeah. to be in right standing with him. And then he knows us so well that he knows we're going to need it forever. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Until we're so with him. So, so he, he knows we're going to have to fall back on that. We joke with the kids all the time, you know, why do in children's ministry, why do we – why do I keep bringing up these same things over and over to you? And why is it in God's word? Because he knows that's the hard stuff that we need written down that we have to go back to and we have to study and we have to go, this is hard. This is hard to, mm-hmm. to be kind to my enemies and this is hard not to gossip, but it doesn't say Phil eat ice cream. I got that. But I mean, just how much he knows us enough to go, you're right. going to need this. Mm-hmm. You're going to need mm-hmm. this. Well and, and, he loves us that much. Why so. Phil? Why is that so challenging to live it out? What's the, di- you know, it's not enough to just simply know it, you know, but it is, there is a challenge in actually living for God uh, in in this world. Why is that so challenging? Yeah, I, I, there's lots to that. <laughs> there's lots lots of answers there, right? Sin nature and, and and just our flesh and all that stuff. But I think it's so easy to look at the Israelites and go, they seem so stupid. You read this and you're like, mm-hmm. what in the world? You know? And yeah. so we read these stories like, why didn't they, Jesus was right there. God was right there telling them, them this. Why were they, you know, mm-hmm. why were they complaining? They, they hadn't eaten it. Now they've got food. Why were they complaining? Yeah. And then we, it, it's so easy to look at them and make those comments and not look in the mirror and go, I make those same comments every day of yeah, my life. For sure. You yeah. know, yeah. I'm, I'm not happy because I had regular Cheerios instead of honey nut, you know, and, and <laughs> you, you know, and, sure, and the yeah. problems that, that we have, that we think we have, um, and, and then realize we're all God's people, <laughs> just mm-hmm. like them, you know, a uh, different time and, and different culture, but, but still very much the same in our sin and in, in our thoughts. And so I, I think it's just hard. 
because of who we are and because of, because mm-hmm. of our nature to uh, just want to please ourselves. And so it, it takes work to live for God mm-hmm. uh, because of all those things. Are there yeah. ways that you guys have discovered that have helped in that process? I mean, clearly repentance is one of those things, but are there other things that you've discovered in your own personal walk that have really helped live it out versus just simply knowing it or understanding it? Yeah, you know, for me, I, I feel like I could talk about that question for a super long time. I'm really passionate, specifically at this stage in my life, of taking accountability for your actions and being proactive and trying to like, you know, actually execute the things that we're called to do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so for me, if I, if I could pinpoint it to one thing that I think is like one of the best blessings that has been taught to me and something that I'm still, frankly, not very good at, but I still try to practice, is to be heartbreakingly honest with yourself. If you aren't capable of like looking in the mirror and saying, mm-hmm. God, expose in my heart what's broken. Show me what's ugly. Show me the sin. And if I'm too arrogant to see it, bring people in my life to show me. I want to be exposed to my brokenness. I want to be called out. I just said, a, a <clears throat> again, in a message, you know, recently, where I said, uh, man, that God, uh, or that our natural inclination is to like hide from our own brokenness. We don't want to address it. We don't want to look at it. We don't want to see it because it prevents, it makes us feel gross. It makes us feel bad about mm-hmm. ourselves. Man, the reality, and then also that people naturally don't necessarily want to do bad stuff. Like usually if we know better, we're going to try to do better. So you might think, yeah, I'm doing everything great until someone points out that you're not. I'm in a place in life where I want to be heartbreakingly honest with myself and my own brokenness. So I'll talk about my wife again just because that's such an easy example where she'll say something to me that hurts my feelings because it's about something I did or my actions or what I do. You, it, it's super easy to argue. It's mm-hmm. incredibly easy to be like, well, I did that only because, mm-hmm. and I'm really good at arguing. Like I can argue until I'm blue in the face. You know what I mean? Um, but specifically to have the courage, cause that's what it takes to say, yeah, that isn't acceptable. Yeah. That is not, you know, in the design that God would have for me. And that, it, that sucks. <laughs> it's like yeah. one of my least. It's yeah. really hard yeah. to just look in the mirror and say, God expose it, like show me. Um, but if you want to like live out the word of God, you it's not possible unless we can even love God and honestly love ourselves enough to look at that brokenness and its ugly face and say, how do I fix this problem? For as long as we excuse it, as long as we come up with excuses for it and, and refuse to take accountability or blame other people. Well, it's only because my parents did this to me. It's only because of that. And that, all that stuff could be true. What are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? How do you get closer to the way that God designed you to? Um, so I can understand the truth of God with great depth if I don't have the courage to look at my life and see where I'm not actually doing it and be really honest with myself sure. I'm never going to have productivity in that world yeah. so yeah. good yeah I had so one good. of those conversations the other day where I went in like all haughty like I'm going to win this you know just I'm gonna guns win hot this. Yeah, I got yeah, the high ground I've got all yeah, my list mine. of things that yeah. I want to address and talk through and it was so funny how it shifted so quickly like when my wife started talking about you know <laughs> things like pointing the lens back at me you know yeah. and I was like yeah yeah you know <laughs> like, yeah. but that in the end it just it hushes you up because you realize yeah. yeah maybe i wasn't thinking about it from all the perspectives i was yeah. just thinking it from my own selfish perspective what about for you phil yeah, for me too I, I i love so much what michael just said uh and as you get older with me like learning to get there quicker so I, mm-hmm. even as he was giving an example i could think of times when i would go in for the argument and and then feel the truth and still continue the argument, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I know what she said is true, but I'm going to continue this because I know I can win. Yeah, but if yeah. I can be slick enough, you know, and, then, <laughs> yeah, and, and then eventually, then eventually coming through it, even maybe even later and mm-hmm. going, okay, now I'm going to go back and yeah. apologize. And, and so I'm learning in my older age to get there quicker yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. to yeah. go. 
okay, see the truth. See the truth in what she just said or whoever's speaking to you or when you're reading this, you know, yeah. uh, see the truth in it quickly. And something I, I ha have learned to do in my life is to go, always go back to what does God want from me? What is God yeah. asking me to do regardless and then try to do it mm -hmm. even when I don't want to, even when I, you know, so when I'm yeah. in, when I, all of a sudden I realize I'm, I'm gossiping with friends and all of a sudden I'm like, God doesn't want me to do this. I want to stop it right now. Yeah, and so right. I go back to that. God doesn't want me doing this. And mm -hmm. so I remind myself of what he wants for me. Um, and just doing that constantly reminding me of his, of his rules mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and then even his promises, like what he promises if I stop that, that's, mm -hmm. that's going to, that's going to bring peace to this because right. yeah. yeah. this doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. yeah. I would even say that too. Like the speed doesn't impact your relationship with God and his, and his desire to forgive you. You could continue in that stubbornness for decades and God will still <laughs> forgive you. Yeah. So give you grace. Yeah. However, where it does matter is your own quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're missing the joy because yeah. you're, you're, you're in yeah. that, you're in that send thought or that yeah absolutely yeah and that's kind of how we explained the week that we talked about the blessings and the curses mm -hmm. was that very choice that it is a choice it is a choice for us to either live in the blessings of god like you were saying phil to make that decision to follow the ways of god and actually live in the peace or what the comfort or whatever it is that he offers us or to say i'm going to live in the curse and yeah. continue in my non-joy, my discontentment, whatever, whatever that truth and is. And the more you do that, the less you recognize the truth. And, and the, the less you, you want to stay there. Way, you, you don't recognize yeah. that voice and you don't recognize when they're telling you. It really is. You don't, you don't see the reflection of your own error. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And that's tough. And so we're going to finish out here today, verses 15 and 20. And we're going to, these are just Moses's final conclusions, his kind of final thoughts. And this is probably, out of all of Deuteronomy, one of the several verses that are <coughs> quoted the most, you know, mm -hmm. and the idea of this is the, the final hurrah. And here is what exactly Moses tells them. Uh, verse 15, See, I have set before you today life and good, or death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turn away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life, that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him, for he is so powerful, for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell mm -hmm. in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to give them. And like I said, this is the end of that covenant. This is finally Moses saying, here's what it looks like. Here's what mm -hmm. the renewal of that covenant with me looks like. And I always picture um, Moses because he had such a challenging task. Like we, we've talked about that in some of the earlier Bible studies. Just this, such a disobedient people that he's had to lead yeah. so far. <laughs> and so I feel like this is like his final plea of like confirming one final time, just like I do with my kids, you know, like, do you understand what I'm communicating you right now in this moment? Is it clear to you? And I feel like that's exactly what he's, mm -hmm. he's doing for them right now. Because he wanted the best he, for these people. He loved these people. And clearly his actions have shown that, that he's been so faithful to them. And he's just been ple he's pleading with them right now in this moment. This is exactly what right. God is offering you. And I'm sure in your lives, you guys have people like that too. You know, it could mm -hmm. be 
your own kiddos, it could be relatives, it could be people that you're leading that you love so much, you want the best for their lives. But I think there is that tension that Moses is expressing that, that people don't always follow. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what can we learn from Moses' example of his leading and how faithful he's been? And how can we use that in a similar situation that when we face situations like that for people that we love and we want to see life change in them? Yeah, man, we've talked about that question a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. like, even just as like, even just as pastors on staff, like, how do you make people want to like be mm -hmm. better? You know, um, and the the harsh reality is that you can't, mm -hmm. you can't make people do anything. That's that's how people are built. They're built to operate with the free will and the function that God gave them to be disobedient. So looking at Moses and what I find so interesting is like Moses isn't dumb. He understands that. He understands that tension. That's why much of Deuteronomy is saying, and I know you guys are going to keep messing this up. <laughs> like, yeah. I know that I'm not going to give you this really impassioned speech and then you'll be like, all right, now we're all perfect now. He's like, nope, you're going to ruin this. But in spite of that, why does he still do this? Why does he still preach to them and lead them and labor and love them well? And for me, when I think about his relentlessness in that pursuit, I think about, well, it's because he, he's not... He doesn't believe that he, if he preaches hard enough, that if he teaches well enough, if he leads well enough, that he'll remove people's agency and they'll just do the right thing. He believes that in spite of the fact that people are broken, in spite of the fact that he can't control them, he still has a calling on his life that he needs to steward well mm -hmm. and that God will handle the rest past that point. Mm -hmm. The older I get, the more profoundly I realize I can only do the things that I can do. Mm -hmm. I can't make anyone do anything. I can't make anybody act differently. I can't make... An alcoholic drink less. Mm -hmm. I can't make uh, you know a drug addict do less drugs or make the right choices. Mm -hmm. I can't make somebody who continually makes financial poor choices. I can't make them be better at their finances. What can I do? Mm -hmm. And in that sense, I have to ask, well, what did God ask me to do? Did he ask me to make people do stuff or did he ask me to love the Lord God with all my heart and love my neighbor as myself? And mm -hmm. I think that that is what Moses is so exemplifying. He's like, hey, I can't control you guys, but I'm going to preach to you anyways because this is what I'm called to do. I'm going to share with you the truth. I'm going to lead you with character and I'm going to show you the way out. Will you take that? I don't know. Probably not. And that's where you get his grumpiness of him knowing, like, I've been at this for a while, mm -hmm. you know. But that's something in my own life that I just have to keep reminding myself. And I oftentimes reflect on my own life. You sure, know, the times yeah. that I've been stubborn and people have preached so hard at me about the same thing for a decade or longer. And I was so hard hearted to it until one day I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful for their tenacity and loving me well and like discipling me. And despite the fact that even in those moments I wasn't ready for it, they still stewarded it well and it ended up with me be able to reap the, the benefits of that. Absolutely. Phil, I'm going to put you on the spot. You once shared kind of a, a picture with me, the idea of we were talking about connect groups and trying to get members in our group to take steps or, you know, to help them step out in their faith. And uh, and one of the examples that you shared with me that was the idea of somebody being stuck in a well and you can extend the rope to them. Do you know this example mm -hmm. of what you use? And I use that often. Can you kind of explain what that example is and kind of how this relates to what we've been talking about today? Yeah, you, you can you can look down and, and you can preach to them and yell at them and be mad at them and, and you can do all these things and you can keep walking around the, the well and, and, and cursing it and being upset and, and beating yourself up because you didn't do the right thing or you can lower the rope. Mm -hmm. You can lower a rope and, and uh, I think so many times that, that is, um, it's grace. It, it's, it, it, it always ends in grace mm -hmm, yeah. for me. And that's a hard thing. I don't say that flippantly. That It's hard to go to grace mm -hmm. uh, when somebody has hurt you, when somebody just keeps making the same mistakes and you you feel like you're giving them the right advice to help them pull up out of there. Mm -hmm. um, it, that can be so hard. But but when you finally go, okay, I, I've been I've been down there before. I've been down there before. And yeah. What did I really want? I just wanted somebody to reach down and right. help me get up. Right. I didn't I, yeah, I, I didn't want somebody to correct me. I didn't. I just wanted help. 
you know, and, and I think it just starts with that with that grace of being willing, willing to, to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, too, even with that specific analogy, you still can't make somebody grab that rope. Right, they no. have to grab the rope. That's the other part. Yeah. Like, so, so you have to, first of all, get over the fact that, like, okay, yelling at them through <laughs> <laughs> is not going to fix the problem. Let me lower the rope. And that still might not fix the problem. They might not grab it. But you were still they called to lower that rope. That's right. Yeah. And, okay. the, 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 and yeah. that's when you can look and say, God, I did what you asked me. Now what do you want me to do next? Yeah, so yeah. And, and then just trust him to give you the next step of what, you know, yeah. of what, what it is to do with that rope to try to get him to grab. Because yeah. you know, yeah. I think that's ultimately he just wants us to keep loving each other mm-hmm. regardless like he does us. Yeah, and something. I think that's such a good word for anybody who's dealing with those types of scenarios, you know, and uh, I hope that you can take from that this idea that Moses has given us, this this really beautiful example of his faithfulness throughout, you know, all yeah. the ups and downs that he's had with leading Israel and, the, and, the, and God's people. Well, guys, that concludes our time for today. You guys, that was such good information, and we thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a joy and a pleasure to be able to come alongside of you and and for all of us to learn and grow in, in the Word of God together. Be sure to make sure and share and and comment on this, like it, uh, pass it along to your friends and, and even those people within your connect group and your community so that everybody can join in and enjoying God's Word a little bit more. Thank you guys for joining us. We love you. We hope you have a great rest of your day.